It's Tuesday, the 5th of July. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. How are you, Shana? I'm I'm up, Timmy. It's cold. It's wet here in Sydney, but uh, plenty of sport, mate, to talk about as usual. Yeah, not a lot of sleep last night watching Wimbledon and, mm. uh, look, some mixed results for the Australians. But one of the things that caught my eye before we start talking about what happened on the tennis court did you see the kids? The ball kids are fantastic. They run around, they stand back. They're all well, really well trained. Then you've got these other guys that just hold the umbrella up. You know, very, <laughs> usually in England, it's holding off the rain, but they're holding off the sun. I don't know if I've seen them too many times before, and I'm just wondering, how do you, I don't know, how do you pitch for the job? It's a good question, Timmy. What what qualifications do you need on your CV to get the umbrella holding gig? I saw a guy once um, <laughs> holding one on a boat for, for P. Diddy. And P. Diddy was asked how long um, should he be holding the umbrella for, and he says until the sun goes down. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember those exercises of footy training where you had to keep your arms out. Well, well done to them. Uh, yes, yeah, some extraordinary action at the tennis. We're going to talk about all of that. We're going to talk about Virok Kohli. He's, uh, he's unpopular, isn't he, in some areas. He's a masterful cricketer, but unpopular in some places. And Dustin Martin, will he leave Richmond? John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. So Shane, what a night. What a night for Australia. Alex Demonor, it was such a tight contest going down in the end to Garen in five sets. Then it was a... A 10-point championship tiebreaker. Kubler lost in straight sets, but look, he looked he looked injured. Then you flip the page to the winners, and they used to be boyfriend-girlfriend. Nick Kyrgios threw, um, and, he, and he played well. He played composed. None of the yelling and screaming either that we saw in the Sitsipas match. And uh, his former girlfriend, Ila Tomjanovic, also threw to uh, the quarterfinals. That means like a, a payday of around that $367,000. A lot of money. A lot of money. And uh, look, I agree, mate. Nick looked really good. Uh, playing well, looked very calm and composed. Um, probably the best I've seen him going into a to a quarter final. He hasn't had that really. It always has normally a, a big uh, fight or something happens prior to one of these big matches. But he looks pretty calm. Uh, but Demon are just trademark like performance um, against Garen, uh, losing in, in five sets, ten six in the last to lose seven six. Um, Garen now takes on um, Kyrgios in the next match in the quarterfinal. Yeah, look, Nick Kyrgios is good enough to win this. Yeah. Obviously, Djokovic is still there, Sinar is still there. There's, there's lots of you know players that can knock him off. But he has the talent, doesn't he? Because when he was on fire, and when he is on fire, he just looks at another level sometimes on grass. He does, and uh, when his serve is working like it is now, it's very, very, very hard to uh, t- to break him. Um, look, saying that, he's, he's kind of come up get some, some super players from here on in. Mm. Um, this is this is the real end of the tournament now, and uh, he's got to be switched on every game because every game is like a final for him. 
Yeah, I think Demon R would love it if the commentators would stop just saying he's gutsy and, you know, yeah. because he needs to take that next step. If he's going to win Grand Slams, he needs to take that next step, doesn't he? Because, yeah, he's brilliant, he's gutsy, he chases every ball down. But when Leighton Hewitt won at the US Open and won at Wimbledon, it was something else that got him there. Yeah, it's um, it's part of his game that he needs to work on. I'll talk about that in the, in the war story too. But, mm. yeah, he's, he's obviously very, very gutsy. But I think he'd like a, a tag alongside his name, a gutsy winner as well. Yeah, exactly. And Isla Tomjanovic, she's graceful and uh, has been a good player for a long, long time. And with the departure of Ash Barty and a number of other players, it's really seen her and mm. a few others with an opportunity to shine. So hopefully uh, she can push it. She's got quite a game. So that is Wimbledon. And what about cricket? Virat Kohli, he's um, he's a man a lot of people love to hate. He is. He's uh, he's really turned the palms um, uh, against him on, on this trip. Bairstow scored, as we knew, as we know, I should say, scored his third 103 games um, and was eventually caught off Shammy by Kohli, and Kohli blew him a kiss. Well, the English supporters haven't liked this at all. They've quickly been uh, they've been quick to point out that Coley hasn't scored a test hundred and two and a half years, and that his test batting average now slipped below fifty. So, he's not the great Virat Coley um, as he once was, but he's a class player. He'll he'll bounce back. But uh, yeah, once you, don't don't get on the bad side of the palms, mate. Once they start doing well, <laughs> there's been quite a few people who come out and support Dave Warner. Um, you know, and saying that the leadership ban that he copped after the South African ball tampering event was harsh and unfair. And look, Pat Cummins uh, even recently said that, you know, things should change. But Candace Warner, of course, Dave's wife, she's very loyal to Dave. And um, I like Candace. I, I just wonder when your wife comes out and backs you up, whether many people listen um you know if Lorraine came out and said look come on look after Shane um well Josie did the same thing I don't think either of those would to be honest with you as much as we love them both no I know I know what you're saying look yeah it's unfortunate his wife's in the media um but look I I think I do agree with what she's saying in general is that um, I think he does deserve another chance to, to captain if he wanted to captain. Mm. Look, this has really come to light because of the Channel 7 suing Cricket Australia over that $450 million media deal. And big part of that um, Cricket Australia being sued is that they didn't have the star power in the big bash and they couldn't really attract players like the Dave Warners. Um, Dave Warner could captain overseas and captain the IPL and I just think if he could captain one of these um, big bash teams, um, it could get him more money and it could give him the star power to play in that tournament. Yeah, and I'm not having a crack at our wives here because I'm no. sure they've got our full – they support us fully. But I just think the, the point I'm trying to make, it would be difficult – it would be difficult having someone also in the public eye when someone mm. else calls you a dickhead, and it's happened to me many occasions. <laughs> Hasn't happened to you as often, but you know, you just sort of yeah. Sometimes being in the background is not a bad thing. Yep, I totally agree, Tim. Usain Bolt uh, on the subject of pace, and of course, you had plenty of pace as a young man running up and down the hills at Balmoral, having moved up from Oak Flats. Um, he's bagged Australia. Uh, the lightning bolt. This is tough. Yeah, I think this is a really poor, poor effort from him. Uh, we all know that he came out here for two months, wanted to pursue his soccer career, football career, um, at the end of his running career. Um, Central Coast Mariners gave him an opportunity. Um, at the time, they offered him a $150,000 contract. Um, his manager wanted $3 million, um, and he just wasn't, just wasn't good enough. He now 
at the time he said it was a fantastic experience. He's now come and said that the our A League's appalling and rubbish, and he should never wasted his time even coming out here. Mm. It's a bit of a bit, a bit of a kick, bit of a kick in the mouth, isn't it? No, oh, they're cheap words from a champion. I, I I was surprised to read them. I really was. So uh, yeah, Usain Bolt um, having a crack at uh, the great Southern land. Not nice. Stay with us because we're going to talk AFL, NRL, and plenty more. Dustin Martin, I suppose he's at that stage of his career where he can get a big ticket, get a big price by moving on, can't he? Look, he could, but he's still got two years to run his contract at Richmond, so it's a lot of talk here. I think what the article is really alluding to is that um, just due to the fishbowl that footballers experience in Melbourne uh, under the spotlight, someone like him needs to get out 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 of Melbourne. Um, Sydney being the obvious choice, but he still has two years. It's a $2.6 million contract, right? Two years to run on his contract. And uh, I don't think any club's going to take on that responsibility. So I think it's just a lot of hearsay at this stage. And it comes down to when he was going through the tough period after his father died, he did a bit of training with Paul Gallen and Sonny Bill, both based in Sydney. So thoughts that would, would he eventually come to the, the city of Sydney and play? Look, I don't know. I think within two years' time, he's going to be way past his best. He's 31 now. Um, I think he will finish a Richmond player. Yeah, so better news for Sydney Swans, and they got soundly beaten by Essendon. They're mixing their forms. The week before with that win over St Kilda, I think a lot of people thought, oh, here we go. And then they go and get beaten um, last weekend. One bit of good news, Josh Kennedy. Well, he could make an early return from that pretty serious hamstring injury that uh, he copped during the Western Bulldogs game. Yeah, uh, unbelievable if he gets back. We all know that um, this will be Josh Kennedy's last year. He was he captained the Swans between 2017 and 2021 and stood down this year in, in, in his final year. Um, and we probably thought that with that injury, he would not probably get back on the paddock. He's a 276-game veteran for the Swans, um, three-time All-Australian. He won the AFL Premiership in 2012. I'd love to see him get back and get the chance to um, hopefully take the field this weekend. Big match against the Western Bulldogs and uh, and play well and then uh, hopefully get the Swans into another finals campaign. What about this local footy player just in club footy? He's kicked 33 goals in one game. How do you do that? That's absurd. 33 goals. His name's Adam Thompson. He plays for Goal Goal Football Club. Uh, his team kicked 58 Goals, 28 behinds, 376 points to four goals, one, 25 points over Moringa. And, uh, yeah, it would have been a big celebration in the pub <laughs> that night after kicking 33. Unbelievable. He kicked 13 in the last quarter. Oh, it's amazing. That's 198 points. 198 <laughs> yeah. points from one into the cricket score, isn't it? He's almost yeah. got his double ton. Uh, now, I was getting some text messages yesterday from various people saying, oh, mate, congratulations on being picked on the bench yeah. for Queensland because T. Gilbert was on the, the bench for Queensland. But, of course, it's Tom Gilbert, this North Queensland forward, good player, and uh, his teammate, his club teammate, Jordan McLean, uh, picked for New South Wales. 
they're the only real changes uh, ahead of Origin three. Yeah, I, I read that too, Tim, and I thought I'm going to lose my my uh, my counterpart here on afternoon sport. I thought you have to have to play for the Maroons. I think I think, I think you'd lose me in every sense if I was seventy <laughs> can't play Origin, mate. I'd still go for the Blues. Unfortunately, I love you. I love you a lot, mate. But uh, <laughs> I can't go for Queensland. But no, look, two big changes. And look, the interesting thing is that Jordan McLean is making his debut. I think the fifth oldest player to make his debut. Mm. And what a time to do it. He's got to re- um, replace Payne Haas, which are big shoes to fill. And um, so he's playing there in, in, in a key position for New South Wales at a very, very tough venue. Uh, Formula One, Daniel Ricciardo struggling. We mentioned that yesterday. And uh, uh, look, there are others making their name, aren't they? This young guy, George Russell at Mercedes. And not just because of his ability to drive the, the car, um, a really nice moment for him at the British GP. It's funny these days, Tim, when you see a nice gesture in sport, the world goes crazy and uh, they can't believe it. And I think that's just the world mm. that we live in. It's less and less things that are nice and people do nice things. Um, but yeah, but as you said, George Russell, he, he clipped the back of the Chinese driver's car, Zhao's car, and it flipped um, and landed on, on, on his head. And uh, George Russell got out of his car and ran straight over. He's got a fire suit on, obviously, as a driver and was first on the scene and got guys there and they pulled Mm. him out and he's safe. So, yeah, a really, really nice gesture from the Mercedes driver. Now, Brian Gorgian turning to basketball, um, he's a favourite of yours and mine. I love him Mm. and he's been a fantastic coach and you can almost feel his leadership when you're watching a Boomers game or when he's coaching the Hawks or whoever he's coached over the course of time. Uh, He's staying on at the moment. Um, Look, he's really very much towards the end of his career, but he's staying on because he wants to achieve a few more things with this Australian basketball team. Look, obviously they want to get a a nice coloured medal, a nicer colour medal at the Olympics, but also he wants them involved um, in a sort of an international competition uh, where they get the opportunity to play some of the better teams in Asia. Oh, I think it's a really good idea, and I think but better competition breeds better um, performance from your from your local sides. He's off to coach uh, in Hong Kong. Um, this new um, East Asia League includes teams from China, Taiwan, Japan, um, South Korea, and the Philippines. Um, mm. So it's a really really good competition there, and I think it's a great idea from Gorgian, who said, you know, at sixty eight years of age, he has got a medal. He calls it rose gold, which is bronze. Um, he'd like a better medal next time around, but uh, yeah, I, I just think that. Whenever you can play against tougher opposition, it only improves your game. And I think this is a really, really good idea for him. Yeah, exactly. It's like when young people get into the rep scene, how much their their game in their various sports just kicks along. Uh, Now, Alex Demon, look, I watched every second of this game. Um, That's why I haven't had an awful amount of sleep. (laughs) But um, you got got a personal story. You you watched him play with a champion one day. Yeah, I was uh, lucky enough to go to Wimbledon many years ago. I think seven seven or eight years ago now, mate, uh, Mm. with uh, the great John Newcomb. And and I sat there... And I watched Alex Demon out playing in the junior Wimbledon. Um, it was an outside court. And just to sit with John Newcomb and watch someone play um, of any standard was a great experience for me. But uh, he did point out, he said, come on, we're going to go watch this young kid called Demonar. He's, um, he's a, a Leighton Hewitt type, um, great returner, um, needs to get stronger. And it was funny how Newcomb said, this is seven years ago now, that um, this kid... If he can, he, he can fight right to the death, and we saw this last night, he could fight right to the death, but he needs to come up with um, a lot stronger position to, to turn a game. Um, he said he'll get mm. stronger, but he needs that killer, killer punch. 
Um, and I think that was pretty good insight from John Newcomb nearly eight years ago um, to come up with that because he's still actually experiencing that right now. He can fight right to the death, but he just needs that killer punch to turn a game like that in the end. Absolutely. And that's the thing that's missing, isn't it? It's that yep. blasting serve. It's that sort of shock. You know, yes. oh, Ash Barty always had those sliced backhands. What can he get as part of his arsenal that can get him to the top of the Grand Slam? Still only a young man, but uh, yeah, that, that, that would have been fascinating. It was, mate. And uh, in that seven years, I just realised he's just earned $7 million, so he's going all right. He's not doing too bad. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Fantastic sponsors, O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. And, of course, thank you to our brilliant producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience podcast on your favorite podcast app.